often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 517? Yeah, yeah, 517. And <laughs> the look there. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, once again recording in the Slapbox penthouse with my cat, Agent Mulder, sitting at my feet. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a Presidents of the United States of America song, Kitty, if you're familiar, where the kitty runs up and scratches him in his knee. Hope that doesn't happen. I don't think that's going to happen. A little hard for him to run up my knee since he's missing that one leg and all. Oh, he did scratch me pretty good earlier. Pretty good. I had to put a couple band-aids on there for a little while. After that, I was like, shit, I got to trim your paw- your claws. Your paws. I got to trim your p- fucking claws again. Damn it. Uh, so hopefully the next time he claws me, it won't be so bad. I don't think I have rabies or anything now. Don't think. I don't have like a test a rapid test for that <laughs> I don't know if there is a rapid rabies test I don't know can you get I don't think you can get rabies from a cat clawing you I think that's just a dog thing I don't know <laughs> Let, let's ask Google can you get rabies from a cat Ooh, rabies from a cat scratch I'm thinking probably not hmm do 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 it's just a rabid animal you usually get but it's usually a bite so oh Oh, it, it's possible. It's possible you can get it from a scratch. Unlikely. You know, he's not really... <laughs> he doesn't go outside and stuff, so... um, uh, Yeah, because it's usually transmitted through the saliva, so it's unlikely that you could get it from the scratch. But, you know, if they're licking their claws, then scratch you. Yeah, you know, get that cat scratch fever and such. But, uh... <clears throat> Yeah, I think I'm safe. I feel pretty confident. Just a little bit of a burn on my fingers, right, where he scratched me, fucker. Anyway. Um, if uh, you're a fan of The Point, I'm sure you've probably already heard, but uh, my one of my favorite uh, broadcasters of all time, On Air Talents, which I mentioned in the past, I believe many a times, uh, is one Mr. Jeff Burton. Um and uh, my favorite show on radio was the the Tom and Jeff show, which unfortunately Tom West passed away. I don't, it was a year ago ish. I don't, I don't remember exactly when Tom passed away. It was something like that. I think it was twenty twenty one and not twenty twenty. I could be wrong, but uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, as uh, Jeff Burton's been on the. Uh, Rizzuto show now for uh, quite a few years. I don't know, remember what year exactly it was. He joined that show, but uh, it's been a while. And uh, they announced, shit, I don't remember what day it was. It was like Monday or Tuesday or something of that nature. Shelly's a, a huge fan of the Rizzuto show. Um, I unfortunately don't get it. I don't end up uh, hearing him a whole lot because I don't listen to the radio at work. Uh, back in the day, I used to listen to the radio a lot at work. And so I'd hear a lot more of the point. So when uh, Tom and Jeff were on the air, I listened to them all the time. And I used to listen to uh, Woody and Rizzuto when uh, Woody was still 
in St. Louis. He's uh, now in uh, L.A. But uh, anyway, I digress. Um, <clears throat> they announced on the Rizzuto show that uh, unfortunately um, uh, Burton, who's been battling cancer now, it's been a few years. I'm not sure when exactly he was diagnosed, but it's been it's been I'm thinking several years. Uh, he's uh, <clears throat> been put in hospice care, which generally is when the doctors say that uh, you're there's there's nothing more they can really do for you. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so that sucks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> big fan of Burton. Big fan of Burton, and uh, <laughs> that really screwed me up the other day when I was when uh, Shelley had messaged me about it. I hadn't heard until he uh, messaged me, but uh, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, a little tough to talk about. Um, I only met the guy once, as uh, when uh, Tom and Jeff, of course, were fired from the point. I want to say that was. Oh, man, that had to be like 2010 or 2011. Um, oh, I guess it had to be 2011. I'm thinking about ish, 2011-ish. They were fired from the point, and uh, not very long after, they had started a podcast, the Tom and Jeff Show podcast, which uh, I immediately started listening to because I love those guys. Um before they actually got fired, when they were still on the point, I would listen to them uh, every every night. They were in the afternoon drive times, uh, w- uh, the last show that they did together on the point. And uh, <clears throat> I remember going up to uh, the broadcast center when I went to school there. I was, this had to be shit. This would have been about 2009-ish. That's when I was going to the broadcast center. 2009 into 2010 and uh I was driving up to the broadcast center every night and I worked you know eight to ten hours during the day at a factory where uh it's not exactly um how should we say this uh it doesn't work the brain that much when you work in a factory I don't care what factory you work in it's gonna be you know tedious and uh Usually the jobs are very monotonous and doesn't require a lot of brain power. So, you know, you you're, you get a little tired. I find that if I do stuff where my mind is active, I'm going to be more alert and more awake. Factory work, it's a lot like actually running <laughs> running long distance in a way. I, I'd prefer to run long distance um, <laughs> as long as I'm not injured. Um, but uh, you... You have to play mind games to get you through those eight to ten hour days, and then uh, of course, you know, if you got a, a radio nearby and you can listen to uh, people like uh, Tom and Jeff and stuff, and it gets you through it a lot easier. But anyway, so I was working a fuck ton of hours, and then I'd go to school uh, five to six days a week at the broadcast center. Um, so I'd go Monday through Friday night. I would go up there, and then I would also sometimes go there on Saturdays if I wasn't working. And, uh, so, uh, it was like an hour drive from Washington, Missouri to the broadcast center at the time was on Hampton Avenue up in, uh, St. I guess that's considered St. Louis County or 
it's you know it's right up in the St. Louis. I guess it's St. Louis City. I'm not sure exactly what <laughs> designated, but it's like uh, if you take 44 up there, it's like the uh, exit right before Kings Highway, and uh, so I would drive up there all the night or every pretty much every night, and then uh, I'd listen to Tom and Jeff on the way up there, and uh, holy shit, I mean. Uh, to this day, uh, when I hear <laughs> Tom Sawyer by Rush, I can't disassociate it with those two. I hear Tom West like giving the intro to the show, saying, you know, broadcasting live from the powerhouse at Union Station, uh, this is the Tom and Jeff show, you know. And, yeah, I will forever hear that in my brain. It could be like, if I live another 30 years, which seems doubtful. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. As far as I know, I don't have any health issues that are, uh, you know, Im- of imminent threat. Um, family history would suggest that seems. Eh, eh. I mean, that only put me in my seventies. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh. So, like, the my point I was getting to was so I've listened to those guys after working, you know, hours, sometimes like ten hours a day. And uh, I would drive one way just an hour to school and I would, my brain would be so tired after working at a factory for eight to 10 hour day, 10 hours, whatever. And uh, I would be just drooling on myself tired and uh, I would get in the car and I would make, force myself to wait at least until uh, I hit. Uh, Bowles Avenue over in Fenton and I would drop off there and hit the gas station and pound a Red Bull and get some brats on a roller <laughs> I lived off I lived off it was a quick trip and uh, I lived off their their roller foods for quite a while it was a year I went to the broadcast center so I lived for a year off Red Bull and brats <laughs> off the fucking roller that was my dinner like I'd have like two brats and a fucking Red Bull um, how I'm alive now, I have no fucking clue. Uh, but <laughs> that was my dinner every fucking night. And thinking about it, back about it, like there was no. It's not like I brought like chips or anything with it. Like there was, like it was just straight fucking meat. It was like two brats, a fucking Red Bull. <laughs> but like I would be like so fucking tired that like I would. I have a problem with if I haven't had much sleep. Like I'll doze off at the wheel, and so like I. It was like a constant battle every night. And I would uh, <laughs> get it down to where which I would not recommend anybody do this as like a strategy. Like, you know, don't <laughs> don't do what I did. Um, you know, try if your best to get sleep. I think that's the important thing before you get behind the wheel of a vehicle. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I would listen to Tom and Jeff and, you know, these segments, you know, they would keep me very entertained. So that, you know, keeping my brain occupied is is a huge part to keeping me awake. And uh, I also worked it out to where, you know, commercial breaks are, are a real bitch because the commer- and they always play the same commercials for the most part. And, you know, that's when it, it gets real risky or if they play a song that, you know, I could care less about and stuff. So, like, my brain drifts. And then I would uh, purposely keep my right hand only my right hand on the steering wheel. And thankfully, I was driving a automatic at the time. Driving a stick would have been a little difficult dozing off. Um, <laughs> have to come to and then, oh, shit, shift. Although maybe maybe it would have kept me awake. 
alert. But uh, as it were, I, I was driving automatic, and then uh, when I would doze off, I would pull to the right. And so I would go off the road to the right instead of going into the oncoming traffic in the left lane. It seemed like I would stay in the slow lane, too, because I, <laughs> I, again, didn't want to actually fucking hit somebody when I started to doze off. So I would hit the bumps in the road, and it would wake me up for a couple of minutes, at least until, like, the commercial breaks over, right? And then I could go back to uh, <laughs> hearing uh, Make Tom Puke or uh, one of their other segments like the Yes Game, uh, the uh, Three Things to Make a Cashier Blush. That was fantastic stuff. I, I loved that one. That was a great game. That uh, I, you know, I don't know if they created created that game. You know, all these radio games. It seems like somebody does some kind of variation of them. But uh, I've never heard anybody else do the three things to make a cashier blush. That one's that was a solid one. The yes game was fucking great. The whole premise was uh, <laughs> Jeff and Tom would go back and forth asking each other questions, and the only answer you could give was yes. So it was like, do you like to suck cock, basically? And you'd have to say. Yes. <laughs> that would be something Jeff would ask Tom, usually. That would be something of that nature. And, uh, of course, he would have to answer with yes. <laughs> but Tom's reaction to it would just be fantastic. He'd be like, oh, uh. And, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so that happened. So like the and uh, I remember going to the broadcast center and uh, my favorite instructor there, which unfortunately, I, I mean, I guess good for him, but unfortunately for me, <laughs> um, he wasn't there the entire time I was going there. But uh, Vic Porcelli, he's a St. Louis, uh, he's been in St. Louis radio for ever, um, and uh, he was course one of the instructors there at the broadcast center when I first started going to school there and one night um I was uh on my way going up to uh let's see here let's see if where he's I'm not sure where he's working right now um but uh <laughs> he uh yeah I'm not seeing much uh Vic Vic's a native of, uh, or just a, I mean, like quite the legend as far as St. Louis radio, but I didn't know, you know, going up to broadcast center when I first had him as an instructor that he knew Tom and Jeff, but you know, if you're in St. Louis radio or any radio in a city for quite some time, you're probably going to know, um, a lot, you know, no matter what station you're on, you're going to end up knowing like most of the radio talent at some point, if you're uh, in the same city for a long time. Um, and uh, Vic was apparently good friends with Tom and Jeff. And as I was going to school one night, I was, uh, of course, passing out behind the wheel pretty much. And then, uh, they have uh, uh, Vic Porcelli just comes in and joins them. I was like, holy shit, it's Vic Porcelli. And, uh, <clears throat> and then uh, I guess it wasn't that night. It was like the day after because I don't – he had to have – I don't think he left like the Point Studios and then came back. I think it was like the next day or something like that. And I talked to Vic. I was like, holy shit, I heard you on uh, Tom and Jeff. <laughs> 
I, I wasn't real familiar with Vic Porcelli. I might have heard him before. Um, but uh, he uh, <clears throat> he's like, oh yeah, I've known those guys forever. And what it was is uh, Tom and Jeff let him come on the show and just talk because uh, they uh, had known Vic, I guess, for quite some time. And uh, they, uh, he was uh, on the market for a job, I guess, and they let him come on, and so that uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, could get, uh, I guess, some kind of a demo to uh, get another job in the near the area, and it it worked, as I recall, because he ended up getting a job. I don't remember where it was. It was out of St. Louis, still in Missouri, but he had to move. Which was kind of sucked because then, <laughs> unfortunately, then uh, he stopped being my instructor. But Vic was a a good dude. I enjoyed talking with him and stuff. And then, but it was like mind blowing, like just going to broadcast center and then like, holy shit, you uh, <laughs> like you know Tom and Jeff and uh, I, you know, it might have been the same night that I drove up there, and that he ended up coming later after that. But I I really don't remember. It's been so long. Um, but uh, yeah. So that that was that was pretty cool. And then flash forward to, I guess 2011 again uh, when they got fired from the point, and uh, they started their podcast. And I wish I fucking uh, I looked all over. Um. When I, after I found out, uh, well, shit, I, I looked for it too whenever Tom passed, but I looked uh, just the other day for this once I heard uh, Burton was uh, on hospice. I had to look around for all the stuff that I had. Unfortunately, I don't have that much. I got some of the podcast episodes, mostly of the uh, premium stuff. Like early on, it was like uh, uncensored, uh, uncensored, unapologetic. I've got my Tom and Jeff shirt on from the podcast days that I bought, so I'm 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 repping hard right now. Uh, so <laughs> I remember uh, that first episode they did was like the best. It was the number one, and uh, fuck, I can't remember the guy on the point at the time. He was doing nights. I don't believe he's there anymore. Um. Might have been uh, his name. Might have been Drew. Shit, I don't remember. But he was on the point for a while. I think he was like head of their production at the time. But uh, he let them uh, come into the studio, and uh, well, when they got fired, I should point out. Like, I don't think it was. Um. Turned out like it was. I think what had happened was they were renewing Woody and Rizzuto's contract. If from what I heard. You know, I knew people, I worked in radio at the time, so I had some, <laughs> I, my sources were probably pretty legit, um, but, uh, the point couldn't afford to pay Woody and Rizzuto more money and then also continue to pay Tom and Jeff what they were paying them, so they decided to part ways with Tom and Jeff, is from what I understand, but, uh, <clears throat> It's not that you know, like they wanted Tom and Jeff the fuck out of there. It was a it was a money situation, what I understand. But like they were, uh, they let them come into the point and they just recorded a podcast, the initial one. I don't remember if they might have done more than one 
at the point, but I th- I know the original one was there, and it was just ri- the, what I loved about that episode. It was just so off the cuff and real because they talked about what it felt like getting fired from the station. And uh, I've listened to a fuck ton of podcasts at this point. I mean, I've made this is <laughs> episode five seventeen. Did I say? I think it's five seventeen. Yeah. Um. So I've done quite a few podcasts. I've listened to thousands and thousands of podcasts, and this was I don't know. It was just like very real. And after listening to those guys for so many years, I mean, they were always just ribbing each other. And uh, like uh, Jeff, I loved what Jeff would. Uh, call Tom a uh, stewardess and this of course would drive Tom nuts he's like flight attendant flight attendant <laughs> but uh, I've tried to find some clips of uh, some of that stuff but damn it I don't I'd have to I'd have to really go through some stuff I know I got some of the podcast I just wish I had that first episode that one is so good I had it burnt on a CD too that I had at work and I would listen to it and I had this shitty little radio that had a CD player, and um, I, I don't know why I don't have the file anymore. I know my I've had to redo everything on my lap, old laptops and stuff. And at some point, it was probably just got lost after having getting a virus and restoring everything. But I don't know why I have some of the podcasts, but not all of them. Son of a bitch. Of course, that'd be a lot of memory. But I should have kept that first one. That first one was fantastic you really got a feeling of the sense of who those guys were like it was really honest and it was just them off the cuff they weren't scripting anything and uh i wish i could find that but uh yeah and then of course they started broadcasting over at uh scotty boom boom's place uh scott gherkin he was uh Lead, lead uh, for uh, Modern Day Zero, the uh, St. Louis band that uh, they did a classic song called "Sick Inside," and uh, Scotty Boom Boom would uh, started you know producing their podcast and stuff, and they'd have a uh, coach on the blind guy that would do sports for him. Who uh, <laughs> I hid the radio station I worked at. He knew people there too, and he was on. One of the shows there, though I didn't talk to him when he was there. But uh, anyway, when they would do the podcast, Kara the Lesbian would come on every Wednesday, which she was on the point, too, when they were there. Um, And then she continued to to come on whenever the podcast happened. And since it was unedited (laughs) and uh, unapologetic, they would have – one day Jeff – had Kara talking like Sarah Palin because Sarah Palin had some uh, book coming out some kind of biography or or something of that nature and then uh, so of course she's saying oh yeah shove the <laughs> shove large black cock in my ass all kinds of stuff like that good good action and uh, <clears throat> I cut up all that audio and uh, made a through like a piano track in the background and then uh, had <laughs> little. Uh, I did a voiceover myself to lay out the Sarah Palin audiobook. And uh, then I ended up sending it to Tom and Jeff. Well, I sent it to Jeff. I sent it to his email. And then to my surprise, I'm thinking, like, 
like I think don't think this is funny. I don't know. Like a lot of insecurities. You know, I've been listening to these guys for years. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I listened to them like when they were first on the point and they had Trish on there. It was like I don't know, like ninety four or whatever, whenever they first started on the point. But I would have been like would have been like junior high or freshman year of high school, somewhere in there, whenever they started. And uh <clears throat> I listened to them then. And because uh, I, ever since the point came out, I would listen. The only radio station I ever really cared to listen to was the point. Other, well, no, that's not true. Um, I mean, I listened to KC a little bit. And uh, back in the day, one hundred three point three, the oldie station was fucking fantastic in St. Louis. I loved it. Whenever uh, this would, have, I guess, been in the nineties, early two thousands, they would play a lot of Motown and stuff on there. I really enjoyed that. But then when it became more of like 70s and stuff, I, I think right now it's more like 70s and stuff. I'm like, eh, some of the stuff is okay. But back when I'd hear like Sam Cooke or The Temptations and stuff on there, that was, ooh, that was good stuff. <clears throat> really liked their uh, lineup. And they would have uh, Smash on there, who's a St. Louis legend as far as broadcasting is concerned. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I digress again. Um <laughs> So uh, I totally lost where I was. There was, uh, yeah. So I sent them the uh, the commercial, which, fuck, I guess I'll play this commercial. I've played this several times, I guess, now on the podcast, but here's the commercial I sent them. Moose Knuckle Publications brings you the new Sarah Palin biography, Rogue Eskimo Orgy, now on audiobook, voiced by Kara the Lesbian. I'm Sarah Palin. Lick my pussy. You will hear about Sarah's fondness for the Alaskan wilderness and all of its creatures. I love most pussy. Find out how Sarah gets on top of every situation. I need to fuck something and fuck something now. Get an in-depth view of Sarah's personal war on drugs. Cut me up another rail of that blow. In this biography, you will also learn how Sarah dishes out commands, Palin style. That pussy ain't gonna lick itself. Eat that fucker. And you will get a first-hand account of what it felt like to lose the White House to a black man. Oh, yeah. Shove that large black cock in my ass. Pick up the new Sarah Palin biography, Rogue Eskimo Orgy, at a truck stop near you. So, yeah, I, that's what I sent them. And then uh, Jeff emails me back, like, the next day. Like, it was a night. I finally finished it up. Um, this is right when I quit the radio station I was working at. Um, it was fun working at the radio station, but it was a part-time job that again, I was working eight to 10 hour days during the day. And then at night driving to a radio station, it was like a 45 minute drive. So slightly less than going to the broadcast center. Um, but I was living off Red Bull still, although I would, uh, I'd go to McDonald's actually, no, I switched to five hour energy. Then there was a, um, was that Forestell I would stop in? I think it's Forestell I was stopping in, and I would hit. There was a McDonald's connected to a radio or radio station connected to a fucking uh, gas station. I would pick up a five hour energy. I had upped my game a little bit at this point. I needed a little bit more of the caffeine, so I would. Uh, I'd hook up with the five hour energy, and then I would get some fucking Mickey D's, <laughs> and uh, that's what would get me through the night. And uh, I would board out out there, and then it just got to a point where uh, I just my 
I wasn't making a whole lot of money at the radio station, but uh, it, I was just so dead tired. There was a lot of a lot of fun and everything, and I didn't think that I was going to end up making a whole lot of money there. If I really wanted to make a career out of radio, I was going to end up having to take a job probably pretty far away and have to move and relocate, and that just, um, I don't know. Uh, And I I didn't really see myself, I don't know, it's it's difficult to make a lot of money in radio. And uh, really, at the end of the day, if I didn't have any debt at the time, which is kind of a joke to me, think about it now, um, I had some student loans, little bit of credit card debt at the time, not as much as I do now. Um, I still had a car loan, so I had some debt, but <laughs> thinking of the debt I have now compared to then, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my my biggest concern was wherever I move, like it's going to, you know, how am I going to pay off my debt, which wherever I went, I was still probably going to have to work multiple jobs. Um, and then there was no guarantee that I'd make eventually make a lot of money doing radio and who knows where I'd have to get a job. It was, uh, (coughs) but I had fun working in radio. There's, uh, and, uh, I really, really wish I would have just pushed for some production jobs somewhere because I really enjoyed doing production. I felt like I could really do that. Um, editing music and then uh, like making commercials, that sort of shit. Um, <clears throat> but uh, as it were, that's that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't do that. I just kept with my day job, <laughs> and then I started podcasting for no money. Um, <laughs> and I don't have to leave home to do that. Um, but uh, as it were, uh, so that's kind of where I was. Whenever the. Uh, Tom and Jeff podcast happens like right when I'm leaving the radio station is when I record that commercial and uh <clears throat> like I was just like ooh let's just make some production stuff I just at that point I I was just so burnt out I had worked there was a week not too long before I quit where I worked between the two jobs like over 90 hours and uh I was like fuck I just can't do this <laughs> <laughs> something's got to give and the day job was paying me more money so I I went with the uh, guaranteed income and uh, <clears throat> went with that but I was like ooh let's let's kind of dive into this podcast thing and so like Tom and Jeff them doing the podcast really ended up making me to decide to end up doing a podcast as uh, it was like starting out doing that Palin audio book and then I did another one called the chapel of terror <laughs> which apparently i sent to jeff's old email and stuff and uh i guess he didn't receive it but i went real far with that one there was talking about a <clears throat> like i felt like i went a little too overboard with it like it's talking about it was a haunted house where uh i call <laughs> father cumstein's chapel of terror to be more specific because tom west would often make jokes about the catholic uh church and uh, Father Cumstein. <laughs> so I made Father Cumstein's Chapel of Terror. It was a haunted house situation where it was like the real life experience of an altar boy. 
and uh, talking about getting your shit sleeve crammed and stuff. You know, good wholesome stuff. And at the address I give at the end is like right next to the Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> it gets. Uh, yeah, it was, it was. I felt like I went like a little too far. And then like I when I didn't get a reply back when I emailed, I was like, oh fuck, man. Did, was it that fucked up? Like I felt like <laughs> they don't even want to reply. And so uh, I ended up just because uh, whenever I uh, sent them that commercial initially, like they loved it and played it on the air. And Jeff said in his email, he said that I made Kara blush. And he's like, I never would have thought the day I'd hear Kara or see Kara blush. And, uh, like, the level of excitement I had from just him emailing me back and saying how much they loved it and they were going to play it on the show was just, like, I it w- I landed on the moon that day. <laughs> like, again, years I was listening to these guys, and then uh, I actually did something. Like, they, they made me laugh so many times over the years. And to have him uh, laugh... At something I created, it was just like I I couldn't fathom it. It was, <laughs> it was surreal, and so like that like I got the email that they were gonna play it on the show while I was at work, and so I couldn't listen to the podcast. I don't remember they had a s- certain time each day, of course, too. That, uh, when they would, they didn't do it live. Though near the end they might have done a live cast, but initially you know they would record it and then put it up later. I don't remember what time of the day they posted it anyway, but I couldn't listen to it at work. I had to wait until I got home. And so uh, <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, just the this excitement. And like, I can't believe they actually, <laughs> they actually enjoyed this and stuff. And uh, so, and then, of course, I listened to it, and uh, they're all just laughing at, at this spot and everything. And, and one of my favorite parts was uh, – <laughs> Jeff goes, now I know what REO means in an REO speed wagon, which is Rogue Eskimo Orgy. And uh, <laughs> uh, that was like my biggest achievement in life. That was, I don't know that much else will uh, top that. I mean, shitting the bed in Russia, it's pretty, pretty epic. <laughs> but it's not like I intended to do that. Um, <laughs> just a story I like to tell a lot. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that was like my my big moment. And uh then of course months I guess would go by and they had a uh I wouldn't call it a remote. They weren't they might have done the podcast out there, I don't remember. They had there was a bar in Wentzville for a little while that uh was uh sponsoring their show. I don't remember what bar it was. I feel like the radio station I worked at may have done a few remotes out there too, but it's been it's been like a decade. It's hard for me to remember. Um but they had a event for the podcast and Scotty Boom Boom, Tom and Jeff were there and Coach Kara, they were all there. And uh, so I got to actually, I went up there and like met them and uh, they couldn't have been cooler. Like, and Jeff, especially he was, uh, he talked to me for a while and I mentioned about sending the other thing to him and stuff. Cause like whenever I sent the first one, he said like, keep sending them, keep making them. And then I didn't hear back. It was kind of screwy. So uh, it felt, uh, I was very insecure. <laughs> so when I didn't hear back, it was, uh, yeah, anyway. But he was super cool in, in person. And uh, 
Needless to say, yeah, what, of course, going back to uh, current day, um, like that's that's unfortunately the only time I've ever met uh, Burton. Um, I, I wish I would have gone to more like point events and stuff. Um, Shelley's gone to quite a few. He's talked to Burton quite a bit. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> as they both have Crohn's disease, fun fact. Um, which isn't pleasant from what I understand. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so he's on, uh, hospice now and, uh, they have, uh, <clears throat> the other day, which was the 12th. So yeah, four days ago, what is it? <laughs> I can't count. <laughs> so yeah, the 12th on that, they announced there was an update. If you uh, want to send a card or a note to Jeff, you can mail it to 1057, the point, um, and they will deliver it directly to Jeff and his family, of course. So that's uh, 105.7, the point, uh, in parentheses, KPNT-FM. Attention, uh, colon, we love you, Jeff. Uh, 11647 Olive Boulevard, St. Louis, Missouri, 63141. And uh, that's up on their Facebook page. If you don't, uh, it's might be easier to just go over there. Hit up the 105.7 The Point Facebook page and you scroll down a bit. It's not too far down, but they've got a place you can send cards and letters, which I did the other day. I sent a letter <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It was, uh, I was thinking about them like all day whenever I, I I'd heard about it and stuff like the next day. I was even thinking like how like a movie about Tom and Jeff would work or just like have a movie where like it starts out and just base these characters off Tom and Jeff. I was going through a whole crazy thing and uh, <laughs> um, my mind was going to all kinds of places. And uh, anyway, somewhere along the lines, I thought remembered that uh, Mr. Burton had... Uh, done remotes in Ireland during St. Pat's Day, I believe several times for the point, like back in the day. I don't know, maybe he's done it more recently. But I know back in the day, I'm pretty sure he did go to Ireland a few times. I also know that uh, Jeff uh, likes to be out in the wilderness a lot. He likes to uh, hike and uh, trail run. And uh, he actually... uh, Speaking of trail runs, before I get to what uh, what I I sent him because I sent Jeff a letter, um, but uh, I, my friend Thad, who I run trails with uh, here lately, uh, I've known Thad for quite some time. But uh, since I've been, uh, he runs a lot of trails and does a uh, mountain biking on uh, trails like around uh, Greensfeld or Alfaust or all the all the local like technical trails. As does Jeff Burton, and uh, one day Thad was out on Al Foster Trail, if I remember the story correctly. Um, he found a wallet that had a bunch of cash and credit cards in there, and he happened to look at the ID, and it was Jeff Burton's. And so he went to the house, it said, where Jeff uh, lives over in uh, Eureka, and he showed up thinking he probably wouldn't even be home at the time, rings the doorbell, and then uh, Jeff answers, and he returns the wallet to uh, Mr. Burton, who was very happy for him to uh, return his wallet. And he apparently talked to Thad for quite some time and took a picture with them and stuff. But uh, 
So that was a, f- a fun little story I heard the other day about a friend meeting uh, Jeff Burton. But uh, so, yeah, so I know he's like big into like the outdoors and stuff. And, I, you know, again, I'm pretty sure that he's been to Ireland a few times. Well, as someone that has traveled to Ireland a few times, I have a few mementos from the island. And I'm pretty sure I talked about this when I went there the last time, which was, I guess, 2017. I went to uh, Skellig Michael, which is, uh, if you've been to Ireland, you may know of it. It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, uh, where there's an island seven miles off the coast of Ring of Kerry, which is like southwest Ireland. It's a island with, like, you got to climb like 670 steps, I believe, stone steps. They're not like flat steps or anything. Like, they're rugged stones just thrown into the fucking ground. There's nothing to grab onto in many areas, so you're just hanging off the side of the cliff, climbing up these stone steps. Beautiful island. Um, awesome place. Pro- it's got to be the awesomest fucking place I've ever been to. Um, it was it was amazing going to Skellig Michael. And uh, it's also been in a few movies now thanks to Star Wars. It was in Force Awakens and The, the Last Jedi. Well, I guess it's also in The Rise of Skywalker. But uh, it's the island where uh, Luke Skywalker is at. That is Octu or Octo or whatever the fuck it's called in Star Wars. That is Skellig Michael. Of course, when I went out there, <laughs> I uh, was at, if you're familiar with The uh, Last Jedi, there's this scene where Rey slices a rock in two with her lightsaber, and it was right there. <laughs> This is before The Last Jedi actually came out, but I knew it was in Star Wars by watching The, uh, the Force Awakens. And uh, and I was like, I saw that. I was like, that looks like fucking Ireland. I need to go there. That looks fucking awesome. So I did. <laughs> and uh, I just so happened, because I think that was in the trailer, the shot of her slicing that rock. And uh, it just seemed like a good place to do this. But I, I had a backpack on me, and uh, they don't have... Uh, there, like this island was just where a monastery was, and it was this monastery and like these old beehive huts, uh, these little stone beehive huts, and uh, very, <laughs> very far away from civilization. There's, it's not like there's a snack shop or a gas station, anything of that that nature out on the island. You got to take a, a very small boat out there, and they only allow you out there if the ocean's not too rough that day. It gets pretty fucking crazy out there. And uh, so you have to bring your own food and water if you want anything. And, of course, there's no fucking bathrooms or anything. So <laughs> you got to plan in advance if you think. So I brought some food with me. I brought some, like, protein bars or something of that that nature. Figuring I definitely want to munch on something since i got to climb 617 steps. So i got some water and some protein bars, whatever. And uh, I figure, ooh, let's eat this protein bar. And I stopped by that rock that Ray cut in two. And I stole a couple of rocks, <laughs> which again I've, I believe I've talked about probably a few times on the show. But um, I bl- I guess I stole one from Muffin Man too. I stole one for myself and one from Muffin Man, and uh, I think that's where I, unless I got one from Giant's Causeway, because I've also stolen rock from Giant's Causeway, which I still have. Um, and I stole a rock from, uh, I've only stolen rocks from Ireland for whatever reason. (laughs) 
I've been to many other places. Ireland, uh, there's a lot of rocks in Ireland. It seems like they won't miss them. I mean, there's rocks fucking everywhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, I tried to be all sly when I was stealing the rocks at Skellig Michael, knowing that it was a UNESCO protected site. I was like, there might be a, I don't think I'd get like arrested for doing this, but I feel like there's probably a fine. So I'm like, well, let's, you know, let's eat this power bar. Let's, and I just kind of put two rocks picked out two rocks by that rock that Ray cut in two, which is still intact. She didn't actually cut a rock. That's, that's movie magic. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I stole two rocks right there and just like slyly put them in my bag. Not that anybody I was traveling with probably gave a shit. And it's not like there's cops out on this fucking Island. I don't think there's anybody there really policing it. Um, the boat captains probably don't give a shit. Um, the old Irish guys, which seem really cool. The ones at least I I had on my boat. Um, <laughs> but uh, they only allow like four boats out there a day and they fit like maybe 11, 12 people, something like that. I think it's 12. And uh, so like 48 people can go out there a day. Um, and it's only three months out of the year. So, I mean, they do restrict people going there at least. So it's hard to disturb a lot of stuff there. Um, but yeah, I stole a rock from there and, uh, it was my favorite thing really from Ireland as I am a, I fucking love Ireland. Um, I've never felt more at peace anywhere like being there. It's just, I, you know, I can't really describe it, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, Going, whether it's like the Cliffs of Mower, fucking Giant's Causeway, just the fucking coastline in Ireland is just, it's, I mean, it's magical. It's probably why they fucking believe in like leprechauns and fairies and shit is because like their fucking landscape there is fucking beautiful. It's, it, there's some kind of magic to it. Irish history would suggest otherwise, you know, it's a little dark. There's been some bad shit in Ireland. Um. Like anytime you get a tour there, it's like, hot. There was thirty people massacred right here, and you know it gets a little dark. But they have a great sense of humor about it. Great sense of humor. And uh, but I I had that rock up until the other day, and uh, I, you know, really love that rock. And it's just you know I'd like to hold it sometimes and just like oh Ireland and just kind of feel it. Just have like, it's like holding a piece of Ireland in itself which to me feels like some kind of form of mag magic. Now I haven't won like the lottery or anything holding it or anything, but you know, I don't know. It just makes, brings me back to the old Ireland. And, uh, I thought, Hey, you know, I think he probably really has a, a fond, uh, view of Ireland and such. And I was like, Hey, maybe this rock does have some magic. (laughs) to it or like I can maybe put some magic into it just having the story behind it and so I decided I was going to send him the rock I stole from Ireland and it, or at least I could you know the letter in which I described the story of stealing the rock <laughs> and everything I hope I told it in a way to where he, he could get a, at least a good laugh out of it you know um, as much laughs as he's given me I thought you know I could do this little thing for him so, uh, so yeah, I did that. <laughs> and, uh, I wanted to play some clips of Burton, but I don't, 
definitely have much lined up. I got one right here where, uh, of course, on the Rizzuto show, they do the real or fake where they look at uh, breasts that uh, listeners send in. And uh, the uh, cast has got to go over and decide whether or not they're real or they're fake. And uh, Burton, I believe, has lost a lot. <laughs> He's had it because whoever loses, um, which I guess they do. I don't remember how often they do this, but uh, if you they have like I guess a certain p- amount of period of time, almost like seasons, they they do. Uh, whoever loses over the course of a certain amount of time, they have a punishment that they have to go through. Which actually, Burton was the last one to lose. <laughs> And he can't do it now, the punishment. So actually they're having uh, the Rizzuto show uh, fans and stuff take on uh, the punishment, which this particular punishment is uh, Shelley is going to take part in this, is to go around and touch every seat in the Enterprise Center where the Blues play. <laughs> Uh, so that, uh, that's gotta happen. And, uh, that was, yeah. Um, but here's a, here's a clip from them playing real or fake. So you get to hear Burton describe some boobs. If it'll play. I mean, yeah. You're guaranteeing points at least. All right. And finally, photo number three, a description, Jeff Burton. Oh boy. Photo number three. Uh, Uh boy. We got no clothes on whatsoever from head to toe. She has no oh. pants, underwear, socks, shoes, anything on. That's just in my head. I was going to say, but you can tell that? They're really nice boobs, though. They oh. are. Uh, there's a lot of density to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got some, uh, uh, what is it called, filters with a little glitter on them there and covering up uh, with some uh, fancy drawing there. Very nice. You can kind of tell the right one is pushing in a little mm-hmm. bit, maybe. Uh, we've all gone real. Tell this me. is my lock. Jeff's lock and King's Gospel. Tony, we're rooting against them because I know, but two, three fakes. Yo, two crazy weeks, two it's crazy weeks, and we're in the competition. Never again. Happened. It's never happened before, right? I don't, I can't remember it happening. Donnie Fandango, photo eventually. number three. Real or fake? All right, guys, listeners, 96% when real. Listeners, incorrect. They're oh, fake. Oh, oh, God. What a great week. Dan, say Jeff's again. Hell yeah. Jugs, jugs. <laughs> Congratulations, Tony. Wow, made it really so, weird. Wow. So, I mean, still Jeff. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I just like hearing him talk about the boobs. And then that's Tony Patrico's father, which Patrico's been on the point now for quite some time. He was on the Woody and Rizzuto show. And uh, I guess uh, Patrico's father's on there quite a bit. Uh, I believe he does the Freak of the Week now. Um. Which, uh, if you're familiar with the old Woody and Rizzuto days, they used to have uh, the guy from uh, Fred from uh, Cheapo, Fred's Cheapo Depot on, who before that was on Dirt Cheap, and uh, he had this just gravelly boy's voice from drinking whiskey and smoking cigarettes his whole fucking life. <laughs> I believe has passed away now. Um, which he had such a good voice for radio, though. Holy shit, the freak of the week whenever he did it. Fucking great. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, apparently I believe uh, Tony's father does the uh, Freak of the Week now. You go on the Craigslist Freak of the Week. Um, I want I want to play one other little bit here, and it's from the Tom and Jeff days. Uh, make Tom puke, if I can. Uh, if this, is little, I might have to. Uh, oh, here we go. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's a bunch of them. 
<laughs> I didn't realize they had this many videos of him. Or there's three of them. But, uh... Hmm. There's three. This is the one I watched the other day. For some reason, here's one with them topless. It's got the blue note tattooed to him. Um... This uh, got that putted it's a up. A little bit longer, I think it'd be a good song. It's the day that ever comes from Metallica, Tom and Jeff, 1057 to the point, everything alternative. Coming up at 5 o'clock, we have a concert announcement. We'll do that around. Uh, around oh, damn it, this isn't one. And then whatever that concert is, boom, kaboom, we're going to have tickets for it right then and there. The email that you sent me that I'm not looking at right now says you are going to puke. Right. You're gonna, because you know what the segment's called? Make Tom puke. It's not just a great way to lose weight. Damn it. The audio's not real great on that one. I thought maybe another one. This might this might be better. These are old clips, so uh, ready? Every Monday, four oh five I, I show uh, Tom a little video and uh, we make him puke. And I was just curious to see if you might want uh my yeah. little, you want a little of this before no. you? Are you sure? I'm good. I'm not real sure what it is. It's some kind of a creamy pie. It's like shit. <laughs> you want a bite of it real fast? This is the most uh, uncomfortable segment of the week for well, me. Just take a little bite of it. If you're, you want the cherry off in there? If you binge and purge, I don't know how the hell you do this three times a day. This is the most uncomfortable activity. <laughs> I, I'd rather have diarrhea. Oh, All of it, 24 hours a day. I would rather have diarrhea than throw up. This one was sent uh, by uh, Promo Tony, and the subject of the email was, Oh, my God. That's how bad this thing is going to be, and obviously we can't show it to everybody, but what we get to show is the result of Tom watching it. So whenever you want your music, whenever you're ready there, hit your music bed, and we'll have some fun. You see where it is there? <laughs> where? Uh, At the bottom there? Oh, no. And then you got to hit play. <laughs> I don't want to hit play. Just hit play. <laughs> oh. Nothing bad's gonna happen, though. Oh God, she's. Oh, oh. why is she doing? Why is she doing that? That's right into the. She's gonna. She's gonna get into. <laughs> 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 Come on, look again. It's not over yet. They're gonna, they're gonna, because they're gonna rub it around. They rub it around. Look, look, she doesn't. Enjoy it. She's not enjoying it at all. That's oh, and they're rubbing it all over. She's going back. Look, she's going back for more. What do you think it smells like? Look, I can't talk. Yeah, you can. One more time. Look, look how they're all friends. No. Look how they're all friends now. <laughs> <laughs> See, now look I how she's got to I can't do it anymore, dude. I can't do it anymore. I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> every Monday, 405, right here, we'll do this. Oh, uh, every Monday. I used to do that. It's fucking, fucking great.
I wish we could hear the music. Like, they're not actually playing the audio from the radio station. That would have been great. That would have been fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, that would, <laughs> I mean, it probably did suck for time. Like, oh, I'm going to Ralph today. I got to. Uh, hearing Jeff fuck with Tom it was just always so great so fucking fantastic those two had just such good like comedic timing and just the way they, they uh, played off each other I remember uh, <clears throat> something to the effect of when it snowed one day and like everybody happened to make it into work that day except Tom <laughs> and it, it wasn't like a real bad snow and Jeff, for it was almost seemed like years he would give Tom shit. He was like, uh, he's like, you remember that day you didn't come in because it snowed or It's like the gate was frozen. Like I guess there was a gate to his house and he couldn't get out of the fucking gate. It was frozen. And then there was one moment. Of course, Tom was a, a cat guy like myself here, with uh, Agent Mulder sitting uh, on the floor here next to me, um, and. Uh, <laughs> He called into work one day because his, his cat had died, and uh, I believe Jeff gave him quite a bit of shit over that. <laughs> I think that one probably pissed him off more than the the whole snow bit and the frozen gate. The frozen gate incident. But, oh, man, used to listen to those guys all the time. And, uh, oh, I'm glad. Uh, the other day, it really did, thinking of, of Jeff and everything, what he's going through really did uh it uh it, it upset me and uh wasn't sure like how this was gonna go was, uh, but uh managed to get through it um and so just hoping that uh somehow something happens you know some kind of miracle i'm not uh a religious person by any stretch of the imagination but i do know that not everyone that is goes into hospice ends up dying um Sometimes the doctors are wrong. And hopefully, uh, you know, maybe a magic rock from Ireland could do something for him or just the overwhelming support that he's getting from all the fans throughout the years. I believe he's, I don't know how many letters and stuff he's gotten, but I know that, you know, there's a lot of people on social media commenting on the uh, Points website, the Facebook page, and such. Um, Jeff's daughter... I believe her name is Abby. Um, set up a page on Facebook. It's just called "Share Your Favorite Jeff Burton Memories and Stories." That you can follow on there, and uh, <clears throat> and yeah, hopefully, at the very least, you know, um, it's just good for his uh, family to see all the overwhelming love for the man and such. But uh, hopefully uh, some magic happens. And uh, I. it feels weird talking about anything else after talking about this because I've talked about this for right at an hour now. But uh, I want to give an update on my fucking guitar situation. This is a downer, but not obviously not anything to the degree of, you know, the Burton situation. This is just annoying. Um, July 15th. Um, which was the day before I'm recording this. And uh, I was told <clears throat> by musician's friend 
and this wasn't the original date they gave me either. Um, I realize it's not on the, their end so much as it is Gibson's end, but they told me initially that it, I might have the guitar in like a month when I ordered it back in March. April came and went, no guitar. And I got a hold of them and such, and then, uh, oh, July 15th. Like, well, you got an update. Would have been nice to send me an update, but no, they don't. They don't like to update. You got to call them if you want an update, <laughs> or email them. Um, so yeah, I got an. Uh, I called musician's friend because it was the fifteenth. I was like, hey, you know, I was wondering about this order. Did you get any of it in stock? I was told the fifteenth. Well, uh, then the guy like, ooh, he's like, yeah, um, that's been pushed back to. April 28th of 2023. Oh, you fuckers. You sons of bitches. And he asked me, of course, if I wanted to cancel the order because that's, you know, <laughs> was it six, seven months away, whatever the fuck it is. It's a while. No, it's more than that. It's more, son of a bitch. <laughs> that's nine months away. Damn it. Doing the math, I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah, it's nine months away. That's pretty much a year away. And uh, But yeah, I really want the guitar. And I have a fucking credit card now through Musician's Friend just to get the damn thing, so I'm not going to just like not <laughs> get rid of that and then just wait to find that guitar somewhere and buy it because i got to use that fucking Musician's Friend <laughs> credit card. So I'm like, yeah, hold on to it. But... Uh, <sighs> I'm starting to wonder if the, I'm even going to get the thing because it's possible that um, they may never end up making more of the fucking things. I'm not sure what the problem is. I talked to the guy a little bit on the phone and uh, he, uh, he didn't have a whole lot of info on it. Um, he said he did tell, cause I asked him a little, a few questions and he said uh, they, They've yet to receive any stock on it the whole time. Though their website has said on 10 different occasions I've seen, which I've got to stop fucking doing this. I've got to stop going to their website because their website sucks. <laughs> Changing my address on there apparently doesn't work. It's shipped my damn guitar strings to my old address, even though I've already updated my address. But apparently I don't, the website's screwy with saving shit. It it shows that they have stuff in stock when they don't have stuff in stock. It's it's very frustrating. Um, but it doesn't look like I'll be getting that guitar anytime soon. If I do get it at all, it's going to be about a year away. <laughs> and unfortunately, it seems that uh, Gibson's just having problems producing things. And I guess it's a supply thing. I mean, they it's annoying to the fact that they they've been releasing all kinds of new guitars. All kinds of them. They've got signatures for Lizzie Hale. They put out the Gene Simmons signature bass. They put out Jerry Cantrell's uh, signature guitars. I mean, they've got so many new fucking guitars since the time that they've released the Adam Jones guitar. And they, I guess, only originally released a, f a few of these things when they, uh, they did it. Apparently, none of them were the musician's friend or there was... Or I'm just not getting very much information out of them, or good information. Uh, <clears throat> but I know some people have gotten it. I've seen videos of people with the damn guitar. And uh, anyway, yeah, I don't. 
it's just it's just kind of a pisser. I I was really hoping that I'd get some good news this week, and uh, just it's just been nothing but bad news this week. <laughs> I thought like, oh, at least I'll get that guitar, you know. You know that? No, no, no. I'm not getting that guitar. So that's that's all of that action. Um, but uh, at least I don't have to pay for it <laughs> until I guess next April or so. Uh that's some kind of silver lining there. Um, uh, other than that, uh, yeah, I guess I've got nothing else. Um, hopefully, again with with Jeff, man. Hopefully, something, some kind of magic. Something. Hope for a miracle, and uh, I guess as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.